0: Welcome to Bills by the Numbers, where we let the stats tell you where the Bills are at. We're presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Coming up, just how far have the Bills fallen? ESPN's Football Power Index isn't exactly painting a rosy picture. ESPN's analytics writer, Seth Walder, joins us. And can new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, fix the offensive struggles before the end of the regular season? Seven games to go. Anybody got an ice pack? You can make it in for this therapeutic edition of Bills by the Numbers. Bills Hall of Famer Steve Tasker, Bills Insider Chris Brown, with you. And if you're here, you're probably a Bills fan, and the figures we're about to lay on you are not going to make you happy. <laughs> Buffalo has lost three of their last four games, including back-to-backs to Cincinnati and Denver, to fall to 500 on the season at five and five. It's the first time the Bills lost back-to-back games since November 13th of last season, when they lost to the Jets and gift-wrapped an overtime win for the Vikings. The difference is, last season, those were two of just three losses in the entire regular season. This year, the losses to Cincinnati and Denver were numbers 4-5 and five, and came in weeks 9-10. and 10. What is broken with the Bills in your mind, Mr. Tasker?
1: Uh, not too much. Certainly the injuries on defense have, have curtailed their ability to get teams off the field, although they're still not giving up very many points. The time of possession is, has... Steadily gone in the opponent's favor. Uh, that's the one thing on the defensive side. Offensively, and I think this is a reflection of what we've seen with the coaching staff this week. They just started to get a little stale, a little and a little bit predictable. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I think they've become, you know, the windows have become have shrunken. I think Josh Allen's trying to force the ball into windows that the defense is anticipating, and I think it's calling for it's got a it's shortening and shortening and. Shrinking and shrinking the margin of error. And I think that's what leads to the turnovers. And I think the turnovers are the key ingredient.
0: Yeah. Turnovers are a big part of this. There is no question about it. Bills are now minus territory in the turnover margin, not only because the offense is turning it over precipitously at a high rate, but their defense isn't getting many takeaways. They don't have an interception in their last six games. It's the second longest interception drought in team history. Like that's a long stretch. Um, Maybe they get right against Zach Wilson, who has a propensity to turn it over when they face the Jets this coming week. The other thing is, and we've talked about it, the slow starts. You've got a situation now where the Bills are, I think over the last six weeks, averaging seven points in the first half. They have not had the lead almost at all over this last six-week stretch, and when they do, they are not able to build on that
1: lead. They've scored seven points when leading on the scoreboard the last six games. Yeah, and one of the things about it, too, is we've seen it. I mean, there have been multiple games this year where they turn it over on the first play of the, of the drive. Perf- first play of the first drive of the game. First, first, play, first play. play. And then, of course, there are other games where they just turn it over later in the first drive of the game instead of on the first play. That early turnovers have been an absolute crusher for this team. Penalties have not helped, although they haven't been uh, – they've been really just a symptom of uh, – Later in games, not really uh, contributing to the slow start, but also the fact that the defense can't get the ball back. They've been put in tough spots early in games. Everything changes. And it also, and when you get a dive into the black hole of the analytics part of the game, giving the ball away on the first drive of a series is like missing an entire series. And it gives a double possession to your opponent, and it skews the entire possession chart for the rest of the game and it changes things in a ripple effect the deeper into the game you get.
0: Joe Brady is the new offensive coordinator. He called plays in LSU's national title season in 2019 with Joe Burrow as his quarterback. Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase as his top two receivers. Pretty nice company if you can get it. He then coordinated for the Panthers under head coach Matt Rule and it did not go as well with Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold as his quarterbacks. He was fired during the 2021 season in part, according to reports, because he did not run the ball enough at Matt Rule's request. Can he fix what is broken in time for the offense to be one of the highest scoring units in the league like it's been the last couple of seasons? I would
1: say yes. It's certainly possible and maybe in some scenarios even probable that the offense is going to get a perk up. I don't because We'll get into this later. I don't think there's that much wrong with this offense. You look at it statistically, and it's doing very well. Josh continues to play at a high level. There's a bunch of receivers on this squad that play at a high efficiency level. Uh, all they really need is a few bigger windows, a little bit more window dressing, some more, some more wrinkles into an offense that has become a little bit predictable. And I think that in and of itself will right the ship. It might be too late. They're 5-5, five five. they've got seven games left, and, and they've got a very difficult schedule coming down the stretch. And they've got to win to make sure they get in five of those seven games against two Super Bowl participants, a couple of playoff teams from a year ago, and pl- teams that are in the playoff mix now. And the teams that are leading and the division teams, like Miami. And teams that are in the lead in the, in the division. So uh, the hole they have dug themselves, even though they, it seems like they're treading water at 5-5, five and five, They've got to catch teams that are not treading water. I think what he has to fix
0: is we've seen, and we talked about this in the second half of the season last year, the offense just looks like a heavy lift. Now last year, even though it was a heavy lift, they were still able to put points on the board. This year that has changed. It looks like they're trying to push an anvil up the hill And they don't have a sled, they've got nothing with wheels, they're just trying to push an anvil up the hill, and it is a colossal struggle, and the points have come down on top of that. That's the issue. For me, I want to see the offense look like it is calling one play to set up another. And then, even on the same series, or... Call a play here, see how it works. You see something within the play. It may not be even the result of the play. Maybe something on the back side where, based on how the defense plays it, I'm coming back to that later in the game because we're going to take advantage on the back side of the play, right. not the front side where we ran it in the second quarter. Those are the kinds of adjustments, series to series, I'm hoping Joe Brady can implement here. Use – it's it's like the old adage you used to have in school, Steve. Use the test to take the test. Use what's happening in the game to succeed later in the game, you know, on a gotta-have-it yeah. play, yeah. something like that. I don't feel like that has been in, in the game plans week after week after week. And there are times in previous years where we have seen when the offense has become stagnant, Josh has stepped forward and says, all right, I'm just going to make something happen here. I don't even know – if Josh feels within him the confidence to take that kind of a step, I think that's rooted in all the turnovers he's committing because he's like, well, I want to try to do something here, but if I do, am I going to mess it up with my own turnover-prone right. nature of late? So that th- you got to get Josh's confidence back up to a place where he's willing to take charge. And I think s- schematically you need Joe Brady to institute an approach that is – forward-thinking, proactive, and has a plan for not just what's happening in the here and now, but what you may need to do in the third or
1: fourth quarter. Do you know yes. what I'm saying? Yes, and I think one of the things that – and it, we saw it in the second half of last year when it started to, to crumble and, and the, the it started to erode the ease with which they moved the football. This year it happened faster in the season. I think it's that one word that we've used a lot. It's predictability. They need something to put the defense into a spot where they say, "Oh, wait, whoa! I didn't expect that." Right. So Um, that's I think that speaks to they're always playing against a defense who is anticipating what they're going to do, and that's really a tough spot to be productive.
0: Okay. So with that in mind, let's let's move the conversation here. Do Buffalo's problems go deeper than just execution and scheme? Because those are the two things that have come up most often here through this last six weeks of struggling on offense, does it go deeper than that, or do you draw the line there? No,
1: I don't think so, I but I think this, too, it, it, it is scheme um, and execution. No, It always is, but it's also about, whenever you talk about this, it comes down to your quarterback, Josh. You're right. You get the feeling he's not playing with an exhilaration and a confidence. You, I think he's dropping back, seeing what's going to happen. And I think... It does key on him and his ability to play, and he has played at a high level in the midst of all this grinding that we see this offense going through. So that I think that's it's, it's about execution and scheme, but it's also about him dropping back and going, all right, we've got this next play, and let's see somebody come open. And he always sees those defenders anticipating the throw, and he's like, wow, if that changes – it'll change very quickly. All right. So
0: then that leads me to my next question, which is how difficult is it to reinstill that kind of confidence in your trigger man, especially going against a team where he had a nightmare outing the last time he faced them with four turnovers where he was quite literally by his own admission, trying to do too much.
1: Yeah. Uh, How hard is that? uh, That won't be that hard. He'll go back. They'll watch that first game, and he'll go over and over, and he'll be like, wow, what was I thinking here? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? Right, but you need him to go
0: back out on the field and be Josh
1: Allen again when
0: he hasn't been.
1: Oh, yeah, he'll go out. And that's the last memory of that team. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good? Should be all right? Oh, it'll be easy doing that. I mean, you know he's motivated. Going back and looking at the way he played against the Jets the last time uh, will be... Really easy because I think he was sabotaged last time by the hype and by the uh, the anticipation of that game and his desire to go out and really hang one on the Jets. And we saw him throw go deep three times and get picked off um, when there were guys here, here, and here where he could just dump it off and let's go and can't stay on the field. That's easy to fix. Uh, I think one of the things about this game that's going to be intriguing is Joe Brady's effect on Josh of make, giving him – Plays that will snap open of every level, deep, medium, intermediate, and shallow, um, and giving Josh just a, a refreshed outlook on what might happen after the ball is snapped. I think when a when a quarterback, excuse me, when a quarterback drops back and is running a play, he knows the defense has no ideas coming. That's a nice spot to be in. They're
0: gonna have to be in that spot a l- awful lot down the stretch here. The players and the coaches say they have to focus on themselves going forward. How challenging is that when you have the toughest remaining schedule in the league?
1: Yeah, certainly the players are aware of how good the Chiefs are, the Jets are, the Eagles are, the Cowboys are. Fully aware of it. Chargers can put up points. But I think when you're getting ready for it, and, I, and uh, as in my days as a player – You're unfazed by that. You don't fear or think, wow, this is – you think it's going to be a tough game, but in your mind, you know, every game is really tough. Uh, So there's really no need to alter your process because it's the Eagles instead of the commanders. Just go. Um, And knowing that you've got a good plan – and my old coach, Marv Levy, said this, your morale is the highest – when you're the most prepared, yeah, and I think these teams know that. So when you go into these games against the the Chiefs, against the Eagles, against the Cowboys, against the Jets, against the Chargers. If you feel like you're really prepared, you're ready for it. Yeah, and not to insert myself
0: into the conversation because I was an athlete on a much lower level, but I always, you know, took the approach of I don't care who they are, they got to play right. us. Yeah, like and, very much. You know. You got to, don't you kind of have to have that attitude? And, you know, you got to throw caution to the wind now. You're five and five, you got nothing to lose. And sometimes
1: those teams play looser. Well, that's why teams climb back into games so quickly. A team that's up three scores, we've talked about it at length on the regular show, where, you, you know, you're up by 17 points with eight minutes to go. There's a lot of time there's not much time left. Foot comes off the gas. Their foot comes off the gas and you push the throttle you push your foot to the floor on the gas and desperate and all these teams have good player every single team whether they're 1 and 8 or 9 or 8 and 1 they all have good players and when they're desperate and they start to throw and throw caution to the wind they get better quick. And you we've seen it. You're up 17 points all of a sudden you're up 3 points. It happens fast. And, yes, if this team gets the mentality of, listen, listen, let's just go out and cut it loose, they're a, they are going to be a handful if they can get into that mentality. Time to dive into what the analytics
0: are saying about Buffalo's dwindling chances at reaching the postseason. Here to break it down for us is ESPN.com analytics writer Seth Walder. Good to have you back with us, Seth, here on Bills by the Numbers. Want to just... Use this as a jumping off point, your ESPN football power index under your projections. I just did this on a goof. I printed out the projections on Monday morning prior to the Bills' Monday night game against Denver because after a win or a loss, I wanted to see how much the numbers might shift. After a loss, they shifted precipitously. Buffalo's projection to be 10-7 and 7 when they sat at 5-4. and 4. 55.6% chance to make the playoffs. After the catastrophic loss to Denver, that number dropped to 31.1%, and their projection dropped by a win down to 9-8. and eight. Um, I know there are other factors besides the Bills' own winning and losing is concerned that contribute to these projections, and I'm sure you've seen bigger drops, but that that's a pretty big one
2: that's a big one and it's like i know it sounds obvious right like you you drop a, you lose a game you were supposed to win and so your projection drops by a by a win i mean the reason why these numbers move or why it moved in this case quite a bit is because the the model was expecting it was giving the bills a high chance to win that game on monday night and so when it's surprised that changes and it also changes for a second reason which is that the bills underperform so it just thinks Oh, okay. Uh, not only has this team lost this game, but they're actually a little bit worse than we thought they were. And so that impacts its forecast for all of Buffalo's remaining games. And so, yeah, that's a, it was a costly loss. There, yeah. There's no way to, no way, way to talk around that.
1: What does a convert, how does a conversation change now that there's a new offensive coordinator?
2: Well projections wise in our model, nothing changes. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that means that nothing truly changes to me it's a really interesting move because I mean Buffalo's offense, if you look at the just this season, I mean it has really strong numbers. I mean, I mean really strong I, I think they're like I want to say fourth in EPA per play third or fourth in EPA per yeah. play on offense I mean, it's it's almost mind blowing. Mina Mina Kimes, my colleague, put out like a, a slew of stats where the Bills are top five in the league this year on offensive metrics. So it was really yeah third in EPA per play. So that is really surprising to me. Obviously, it's the performance over the last five weeks that I think led to this move, and and things have gone poorly there. But a lot of that has been turnovers. And so I do wonder if you know we all know how fluky sometimes turnovers can be. Right, ball goes through. Gabe Davis's hands, and it results in interception. Fumbles can go one way or another. I do wonder. I'm, I'm a pretty big Bills believer. I wonder if we're going to see this ship righted, not necessarily because they're moving to Joe Brady, but just because variance is variance, and maybe luck doesn't continue to always go against Buffalo.
0: Right, and far be it from me to be the first person to discourage your optimism here, Seth, but the facts are that Josh Allen has only had one game this season where he has not had a turnover. He has one clean sheet in the turnover department in 10 games. I don't know I don't know that there's as much variance in turning the ball over as we're hoping for here down the stretch based on what the first 10 games have told us. What what do you say to that?
2: I think that's fair. I think obviously Allen is a player that stylistically is going to have more turnovers than your average high end quarterback. He also produces more explosive plays than right. your average high end quarterback. I guess to your to your other question too, what I wonder is maybe maybe at this point with Buffalo being you know, basically desperate at this point they they have to get in the playoffs. Maybe you stop worrying about saving Josh Allen and you let him go run, use his legs as much as possible at this point. Because otherwise, you know, if you if you're if you're worried about him being healthy in the playoffs, it doesn't matter if you're not going to get to the playoffs. So if the, yeah, and and
1: that's the thing you want to you want to stay in the conversation to get there. And I've said this uh, in the lead up to this last game against Denver. You just kind of want to win enough games and then right at the right time at the end of the season go on a heater, like Cincinnati was on a heater for a month and then got cooled off, uh, like San Francisco was on a heater in the first month of the season and then went on a three-game losing streak. It's hard to play really high-level football for 18 weeks. And I think the, the Bills have to be in the, of the mindset that there's enough in, in the tank that when they do get hot and they do find something that clicks that they're going to be able to carry it through for a month But it's got to be in the playoffs and in that month of the season, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's basically got to be now. I mean, they got to do that start now and then go all all the way. Like they've they've used up all their room for error. Like you mentioned, right? You can you can play really well and then you might cool off a bit. Well, they've already used up their cool off time. Like it's got to be hot. It's got to be hot from this point forward.
0: So, Seth, we know that Deshaun Watson injury is going to be a blow to Cleveland's playoff chances. Bills fans look at that and say, oh, maybe there's one other team that's not part of this convoluted mess of teams in the AFC and playoff contention, so maybe you can remove one team from the mix, but how does it change the dynamic of the overall playoff picture in the AFC as you see it, not only looking at what Cleveland has to face, but how they may impact other teams in the AFC
2: race? Yeah, it is really interesting. I was just looking at this, but we got our fresh numbers after the Watson injury. There's like what we would call countervailing forces here for Buffalo. On one hand, like you said, you've got a team that Cleveland, sitting at 6-3, and three, great defense. The model had them at 80% chance to, to reach the playoffs before this injury. So you're taking that team. I'm not saying that they're not going to make the playoffs, but obviously it's a big hit to their chances. And so on one hand, that's good news for the Bills because you're you're lowering that spot that could be Buffalo's. On the other hand, though, Cleveland has to face Houston, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh the rest of the way. Those are three teams who are all vying for what are probably the same spot or spots that Buffalo could get in. So the overall effect is a slight improvement in the Bills' chances to reach the playoffs. You mentioned them before. Now, at this moment, we have them at 33%. So it's just ticked up a little bit because of that Watson injury. Uh, But it's not all good news because some of those other teams are really going to benefit more.
1: So on the optimistic side of it for the Bills' offense, as you look at the horse race that they're in with all these other teams being – and at this point, everybody's kind of in the hunt because there's enough games left to recover from a a tough stretch like the Bills have been through. And like you said, the Bills are third in DVOA, first in success rate, third in EPA per play, fourth in quarterback rating, third in yards per play, second in third down conversion, third in red zone efficiency. I mean, all these – offensive stats where they're really high. So it doesn't seem like there's that much wrong with what they're doing. And you mentioned the turnovers, and it's a little bit like a a light switch. You turn the turnovers off or turn them off, and everything lights up, everything's great. That seems to be where the Bills are at. And after having played like that for an entire half of the season, there's nothing that says they shouldn't be able to maintain that through the rest of the way if they can write – Whatever little glitch is in the wire, where has that, you know what I'm saying? Is that that a a good way to look at this in an optimistic way?
2: I think that, uh, let me start with the concern. To me, the real concern is on the defensive side of the ball because if we look at, it, you're not cherry picking when you say over the last five weeks how they performed? over the last five weeks is is after all the injuries hit this defense and they have been much, much, much worse since that point. And so it's like that to me is like, well, probably not randomness. This is a team that's got to figure out a way to fill in those gaps. Defensively, but on the offensive side of the ball, I'm with you. Ultimately, I'm bullish on Buffalo. I'm not just saying that because I'm on a Bills show. I promise you, you put me <laughs> on a on a Bengals show, I'll say this too. But I think Buffalo is, you know, maybe Cincinnati is better than Buffalo, but all of the those other teams we talk about pittsburgh you talk about houston i mean the raiders uh... If you talk about all these other teams that are in the mix I the browns now i would put the bills as being a better team than all of them it's just a matter of whether they can get it done down the stretch which is going to be tough considering the schedule that they face. Right.
0: right. And they also have a two and five conference record. And at best, if they can run the table, they're only seven and five. That doesn't help them in tiebreakers. So needing help is kind of a requirement here down the stretch. Knowing that the AFC North with four teams all in playoff contention have to play six more division games down the stretch collectively. Like that whole division has, I think, six more division games in total on the schedule How much can you rely upon them to cannibalize each other to eliminate some teams from the race, so to speak?
2: You can rely on it somewhat, and that's why I like to lean on Projections, as opposed to just looking at the standings, because when we when we when we put out the, that the Bills have a thirty three percent chance to make the playoffs, that's because we simulate out the rest of the season, and so each one of those times, right, you're having those AFC North teams play each other, and sometimes they're knocking each other out of this division race. So yeah, I think that is possible. That is a feasible path. That's why Buffalo has a, has a shot to get in here, or it's a reason why Buffalo has a shot to get in. But like you said, they're they're probably going to need help.
1: Seth, great, thanks, appreciate you having having you on, and thanks for spending some time with us.
2: Thanks, guys, appreciate it.
0: Hey, Bills fans, get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Just download the app today and play any way you want. Plus, with live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started. Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings fast. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the Buffalo Bills. We move along to the numbers game where Steve is going to be quizzed on Bills' playoff push trivia. This should be good. All right, let's fire it up with question number one. In the Sean McDermott era, what is the Bills' longest winning streak to end a regular season?
1: Eight. You think it's eight? No, it's seven. Because right, they it's... had the game that was thrown out against Indianapolis, or Cincinnati last year, and I think it was like seven or eight. Or I don't know what it was. So you're
0: guessing seven, and the year is 2022? Yeah. That's your guess? Yes, yeah,
1: You guess. are 100% correct, Steve. Well done there.
0: Seven straight victories to end the season last year after the catastrophic, horrible gift-wrapped loss for the Minnesota Vikings. Swines won seven in a row after that. Question number two. You're, you're on the board. One for one. Let's go. Question two. Buffalo's last double-digit loss in the regular season came in 2021 to the Colts, 41-15. to 15. Mm-hmm. When was the last double-digit loss
1: prior to that? I'm going to say regular season. Yes. Yes. Wow, that's a good one. Uh, I'll say... Man, I had... I was, I was looking at this and I can't remember what it was. Uh, 21 It's gotta be 20... Maybe 2019. 2020? 2019? Who was it from that year? It was, uh... I'll say... Man, I don't know. I can't remember.
0: 2020. The year is correct. Now can you get can you get the opponent? And just so the guys in the studio know, I wrote down the wrong answer because it was not a double digit loss in
1: the game that I listed. It was the week prior, I Um I'm going to say 2022 as early. Had to be early.
2: It
1: was a Murray and all that stuff. Yeah, but that was a one I score loss. I can't remember.
0: It is week five to the Tennessee Titans, oh, the moved man. game, Moved the Tuesday night game, the Tuesday game when they got shellacked, forty-two to sixteen. That's hard. Uh, I get it. West, I was, quest- I, was a, I was hot about that. Oh, you were wow. for about a week. Question number three: The Bills' last playoff loss was by double digits last season to the Bengals, twenty-seven to ten. When was the last time they lost by double digits in the playoffs,
1: Steve? I'll say to the Chiefs in 2020,
0: 2020, AFC title game. Yes, 38 to 24. They lost by 14. Well done, Steve. Mm-hmm. Two for three. Question four: From 2021 to 2022, what has been Buffalo's record in November? What do you think? <laughs> they, over the last two years, what do you think their record is in November? Eight and zero. Oh. Four and four. Yeah. They ran the wow they I ran were... all those wins off last year, but don't forget right. the loss to the Vikings was in November, and so was the loss to the Jets last oh, year. Right. So they went two and two last year and two and two in twenty twenty one as well. Oh okay.
1: All right.
0: Question five, the last one here from twenty twenty-one to twenty twenty two. What has been Buffalo's December record? Again, eight games total over the last two years. What do you think was their December record? Eight, no, six and two. Oh, really? Six and two. They got beat by. Oh, I guess uh, in twenty twenty one. Twenty didn't lose any games in December yeah, last year, they didn't as you know. any. I was man, nah. but they had. I believe there was the one to uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks in overtime. Oh, the over. Yeah, and the one I think prior to that was a loss also, and then they won the last four. Six and two right. in December like, over the last two years. And all right, they're gonna have to be better than four and four. Uh um, yeah, for sure the rest of the stretch here, but that is the numbers game. And from there, we now help you with the free to play Pick 'em game on FanDuel.com called High Low. Each week pick a player or a team to finish with the highest or lowest total for the week in a number of different statistical categories to earn points. The more points you earn, the bigger prize you can win. Play free for a chance at $10,000 in total prizes every Sunday. Steve, I need you to lead us off with the high for passing yards this week. Who's your pick?
1: Uh, As much as it pains me, I'm going to take the Dolphins against the Raiders. Um, Miami and the Dolphins are a much better club at home. They're coming off a bye, and the Raiders are coming off an emotional win over the Jets. They're going to be ripe for an emotional letdown. Miami Dolphins, high for passing yards.
0: Okay, low for passing yards. I'm going to take the Jets against the Bills here in Buffalo. The defense has been shorthanded for the Bills, but... They just held Russell Wilson to under 200 yards passing, despite defending short fields and the Broncos getting four extra possessions off turnovers. Zach Wilson has struggled for the most part. Buffalo's defense should make a difference. I like
1: taking the Jets low for passing. All right. High for rushing yards. I like Austin Eckler this week. The Chargers are facing a Packers run defense. They're 27th in the league. Eckler's the engine for the offense. So I think he's going to be pretty effective facing a Packers squad headed in the wrong direction right now. Okay, low for rushing yards. I'm taking the Bucks, Rashad White. I certainly think
0: he's going to catch a lot of checkdown passes, but running the ball against that 49ers front,
1: that, that's simply not going to happen. Rashad White, low. On the rushing end. High for receiving yards. I'm going to go back to the Dolphins game. I'm going to take the Cheetah, Tyreek Hill. Uh, the Raiders can't get off the field on third down. There's going to be extra opportunities for Hill to make some big plays like he usually does. So Tyreek for higher and receiving yards.
0: All right. Just like you're going back to the Dolphins game, I'm going back to the Bills game against the Jets. I'm taking Garrett Wilson on the low end for receiving yards for two reasons. One... Rasul Douglas has been elevated to number 1 corner by the Bills. They had him following Cortland Sutton around last week on 24 of 26 pass plays. I think they could do the same against Wilson this week. Second, Wilson got dinged up pretty good in that physical game against the Raiders on Sunday night. I don't know that he's going to be 100% for Sunday's game. He was dealing with a wrist thing. He was dealing with a lower leg injury. So I'll take Wilson, a little risky, but I'm going to take Wilson low for receiving yards. Our closing figure... Deals with interim coordinator changes. The last time the Bills made a change at coordinator in season was in 2016 when head coach Rex Ryan fired offensive coordinator Greg Roman after an 0-2 start, just two games, and promoted running backs coach Anthony Lynn to O.C. So it's been eight seasons since such a change took place in season for Buffalo. That'll do it for this edition. Make sure you subscribe to Bills by the Numbers on whatever podcast platform you use because when you need to know about the bills, you need to check Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time, everybody.